This is the August 20 podcast. It's about technology, writing code, and solving business problems. Thank you for tuning in. My name is DJ Darity, and I'm the co-founder and CTO of August 20, and I am one of the hosts for this podcast. Here we are at the beginning of our podcast journey with our inaugural episode, episode one. I'm here with my co-host, Mary Kaufman. Hello, everybody. (laughs) We're going to start off with some introductions, discuss the format of our podcast, and answer some questions. Hey, Mary, how's it going? Doing great, DJ. So excited. The day is finally here. I almost want to do a drum roll. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's our that's our best drum roll we've got. So. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you're excited about kicking off the podcast series, but I think we can probably already tell the answer yeah. to that. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think we've been looking forward to this for a while. I think we're both excited about it. Maybe more excited than we should be, or at least more excited than everybody else around us. So. I think our audience will let us know in the long <laughs> run. But, you know, the power of it is we get to share and bring an opportunity of a voice of impact to the people. And that's really what this is about. Yep. Yep. So considering this is the first episode, um, how about just tell us a little bit about yourself? Just take a few minutes. Yep. I'm thrilled to be at August 20. I am uh, one of the collaborators where I help build uh, solutions, build valuable things for companies. And I am more on the strategy, business, leadership development side. I have a bent when it comes to learning and development, doing things in a really effective, deeply transformative way. Uh, Background, I actually many decades ago, uh, was a software artisan, software developer. I My first language was COBOL, but I programmed in 10 different languages. So I was one, the only female in my graduating class many decades ago, graduating computer science. <laughs> and um, it was an incredible journey. Incredible journey. I uh, went to work at Intellicom, and a huge part of my role was to upgrade switching systems from analog to digital. So I've been on the digital transformation from a, for a very, very long time. And since then, I've worked in small, large manufacturing, global, profit, nonprofit, every possible industry. And my passion is truly getting people to see and believe and begin to go on a pathway for a better future. And it requires, you know, thinking differently, behaving differently, collaborating differently, and so much more. Wow. Very impressive. I'm going to have you, next time I have to introduce myself, I'm going to have you introduce me because that's way better than I can put together. All this stuff. Well, I actually have been thinking about how I would introduce you, but anyway, I, uh, um, I have things I want to say about you today and you just hold under your hat. Oh yeah. Great, great, great. So. All right. So before we get started, is there anything else that's on your mind that you want to throw out there? Um, No, let's dig in. Okay, perfect. Okay. So the idea for this podcast series is to do something different. Have a varied types of episodes from business topics to deeply technical topics. We will have episodes with just a single guest talking about something very specific to episodes with multiple guests discussing a single topic each of them is passionate about. We also have an idea of exploring a series format where a single topic will be discussed over several episodes until we feel the topic has been well covered. We are looking forward to trying out these formats, mainly because we think it sounds like a lot of fun, but we also believe it will be a great way to build out a detailed bank of knowledge for those in the future. So today, we, myself and Mary, prepared five questions each, of which we're going to ask the other person. Also, we have not shared any of these questions with each other, So there may be some zingers in there, although thankfully we can edit after the fact. So if it gets too crazy, we'll clean that up. So here we go. First episode is going to be these five questions each. So Mary, what are you thinking? All five in rapid succession or should we alternate back and forth? I think alternate back and forth. Okay. 
Because I get to be the host today, I'm going to take advantage of asking you the first question. All right. Bring it, DJ. We'll try to keep them within two or three minutes because otherwise people don't want to hear us talk for four hours. That sounds good. But um, we'll, we'll go from there. So my first question for you is, if you could know the absolute truth about something, what would it be? Wow. Okay. About any topic? Any, anything is, everything is open for discussion today. Huh. (laughs) I love I stumped you on the first one. Huh. I would say if I could know the absolute truth about anything, well, I already think I know the absolute truth about this one thing. So I don't know that I want to use that one. Okay. Um, I would say if I could know the absolute truth, it would be, um, what is the best way to take care of my body to create the, the most vitality and um, to feel good and to live the longest, healthiest life. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, I said that I kind of, when I was going through these, I said the same thing. And obviously both of us have scenarios where we've recently lost our fathers. And if I could know exactly yeah. how long I would be here, yeah, I think it would allow me to kind of like prepare for that. Well, what I wanted to say was if I had the absolute truth, you know, about anything, it would be what happens in the afterlife. But I already yeah, yeah. have an opinion about that. That's why I'm not going there. Right, but right. Yeah. I, I believe I, I, I have the answer to that. <laughs> but this one, I think, is truly relevant. And it's and, you know, my passion is to live the healthiest life I can. I do yoga three times a week. I do CrossFit three times a week. I eat. I mean, got to eat a salad with Parmesan cheese for breakfast every morning so I get my yeah. calcium. Yeah, it's gross. And many people out there won't understand or know that. But if you were my age and you were me, you would understand why I'm doing it. But I feel better now. I'll just say I'm 57 years old. I feel better now than I did when I was 40. I am yeah. alive and vibrant. I am balancing my body spirit in ways I've never done. And so that's my answer. Perfect. Perfect. All right. That was number one. Now it's your turn. All right. You ready? Uh, no, I'm not ready. What is the one thing you would tell your younger self to prepare you for today? Wow. So it's funny you say that because I, I say to my wife that I'd love to go back to high school, but not lose any of the knowledge that I have in my head, mm-hmm. which we all know is impossible, mm-hmm. but it sounds good as a dream. Um, I think that I would tell myself, so if I went back and I was the 18-year-old person that I was graduating high school or you know, starting college, I would tell myself to not get so caught up on what you're trying to do, meaning the specifics of what you're doing, but more focus more on the, where do you want to go? Yeah. I, cause I think I was caught up on, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to do a specific thing. I'm not even doing anything close to what that specific thing was. Mm-hmm. I started off wanting to be an artist, not that software isn't kind of artsy in its own right. But if I had gotten, I think it took me time to learn that all of those experiences just build you to who you are and where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do believe that having those varied experiences has made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. And without them, I wouldn't have the, because I guess breadth of knowledge of what I, what I have in order to do what I do. But I think you get, people get caught up in that. So don't be so, you know, hard on yourself that, Oh, I expected to do X and I didn't meet X, but you did a, B and C around X. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Go, go celebrate that. So. That's not what I expected. It's very cool. DJ. Really? Mm -hmm. It's not. We'll talk afterwards. I've been interested in what you expected. Yeah. 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 All right. Number two for you. Okay. Would be if you had a chance 
for a do-over in life, what would you do differently? Um, do-over in life. Hmm. I would, is it one moment or can it be an example of a series of things I've done? It's your question. You can answer it however you like. I would say that I, well, this is simple. I would listen more and talk less. Oh, yeah. Um, because yeah. it has affected, I can't even tell you the number of things. And I'm working on that, by the way. Yeah. And what's interesting is I've been working on it for a long, long time. But when I'm really well rested and feeling good, it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. I take joy in it. And here's yeah. why that that is so important. I look back on moments of my life where I made assumptions about things. And it goes back to the whole Ted Lasso, which, you know, can't even believe how much I love the quote, <laughs> be, be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. And what a profound thing. I actually think about it like a ton in all the things I'm doing in work now. And so I'm being curious, not judgmental. And I have to catch myself. The point is you can't be curious without asking questions. Being judgmental is like talking over top of someone. So when I look at the back of my life, I wish I would have learned that earlier. And believe me, I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I know most of the people around me, I don't want to say that. Some people around me know I'm working on this, but it served me really well. Like even in our meeting yesterday, I was very curious. I listened intently. If you notice, I really didn't interrupt the entire meeting. At least I tried not to. Right. And I was tremendously curious. I wasn't judging anything. I was listening and asking and seeking. I wasn't coming to a conclusion first. So there's my answer. Very good. All right. You've survived two of them. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready to try to survive your second one? No, I'm not, but go ahead. Okay. What is one thing that was harder than you thought about starting your own business and one thing that was also easier than you thought? Oh, wow. What was the hardest thing and what was the easiest thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to be surprised. Well, I'm going to say the same thing. They were both oh. the same thing. Okay. So the hardest thing for me, I think Angela would probably agree with this, was the the idea of taking the step to do it. Actually t- making the first step and saying, we're going to do this. And along those lines, it was my, I guess, the idea of what would, in doing that and taking that step, could we get people to go with us? So the hardest part was convincing myself that people would actually want to go on this journey with us. So that was the hardest part. The easiest part was once we had that conversation, everybody wanted to go on the journey with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tell this story of we, we before we actually were even a company, we had a cookout at our house with, a I don't know, 15 people that we said, you know, we want to be, we want you to be part of what we're doing. We're not even sure what we're doing yet. And I had in my mind that, you know, in order to convince somebody to come along on the ride, we'd have to have Guaranteed year's salary, a guaranteed project, a guaranteed client, insurance and benefits and PTO and all that stuff. And we had multiple people say, give me a blank piece of paper. I'll sign it. And when you figure out what you want to do, you let me know. And that was, one, very rewarding to hear people say that. What I realized was the hardest thing we were trying to figure out was once we communicated it, it actually was the easiest thing. There were many other things that were harder than convincing all of our all of our friends and coworkers that they should come along on this ride. Again, curiosity has adjusted what my judgment would have been on what I thought you were going to say. Fascinating. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. 
Uh, Anything fun. else you want to say before you bring uh, the next one? No, right. I'm dying to know what your what your interpretations were, but we'll we'll. Leave I can't. That. Well, we'll do that. We'll do. Yeah, that. we'll leave that for another yeah. other time. So. All right, bring it, DJ. All right, number three. I want you to take, and I I know I lied and said we're going to do two to three minutes, but I'm going to give you four, and I want you to tell me your entire life story. Are you serious? Yep, life story from 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 birth to now in four right. minutes. I was born on a farm to a family that I had two older sisters. I was a quote surprise. So my parents weren't intending to bring me into the world. And my mother told me very young that she thought that I was born and I was 19 years old because I was always an old soul. I was always nurturing and caring for people. When I was five years old, it's like my first memory. I remember walking into the kitchen and seeing a birthday gift on the table waiting for me to open it, maybe a couple of gifts. And I remember feeling so special so remarkably special that there would be a gift waiting for me. I can't even tell you, but I grew up in a home. We had a lot of love, but we had very humble beginnings. And interestingly enough, I found out much later that my, my family had been savers. They were born in the great depression. So they had money saved, but we wouldn't have ever lived like we had money saved because Mm -hmm. everything was, you know, when we went, when we took the six mile drive into Zanesville, it was like a huge event. You packed a bag and you like, did all your errands in one day so that you mm-hmm. would never have to drive six miles to come back. So life was very different back right, then. Right. I had this sense and this feeling of purpose, but I didn't know why. Um, I struggled with a lot of things. I was the smallest, tiniest, ugliest, slowest. I had to work harder. I had to read three times more than my sisters. They could walk by a book and know what was in it. And I had to read it three times to figure it out. I, I really struggled. Uh, math was super hard for me until I was in middle school and my, one of my teachers who actually is my dear friend now. And I, it's interesting enough. He's asked me to officiate his funeral and he's this prolific coach. He, he was the state champion basketball coach. And I'm now going to be officiating his funeral. He's a wonderful man. You would love him, but yeah. he is the one who broke through to teach me and understand algebra. It changed my life. And I went on to then study math and study computer science in college. And I double majored in business. So life was hard, but yet, and I struggled. I sat alone a lot. I was picked on. I was so tiny. People called me names. And it's so interesting though. There were times when it hurt, but yet there were times when I actually just felt love and compassion for them and thought, you have no idea how incredibly filled with love and amazing I am, what I could do for your life if you just were my friend, but you're missing out. And guess what? There'll be other people that will benefit from this. And so I just, Mm -hmm. I had this wellstream of optimism, even though life was really hard. I mean, I can't even tell you. That's really shocking for me because you're never upbeat and you're like super optimistic. No, I know it's terrible, but (laughs) it's, it's, it, but it was hard. And I went through that in lots of phases of my life. And then fast forward, I remember the hard work of study paid off because when I got the job at the telephone company, they interviewed 7,000 people. They screened 7,000 people for 22 positions in this, in this management program. They were hiring these young professionals into And you had to take a whole battery of tests and you had to manage an inbox and you had to use uh, mental acuity. And they they tested you playing these videos where you had to fill out these formulas and like follow two dots down, three dots over. You had to do all these very hard think work. And I remember thinking at the time, I do not have a fighting chance in you know where to get this job. And yet I got it. I was put in this program and it was life-changing for me. And I ended up within a year and a half, I was speaking at the shareholders meeting at the Ameritech shareholders meeting with 77,000 employees. And I was one of the speakers when I was like 22 years old. Fast forward 
the journey of my life has so many twists and turns, but the thing deep down that propels me more than anything, and you said it earlier, is I want to do work that has lasting impact, that has purpose, that today can make a tremendous impact on the bottom line, delivering a product, solving a problem, uplifting a person, releasing their potential. And it isn't what work I'm doing, because believe me, there's 70% of what I'm doing now that's just hard and like detail work. That's not my thing. But man, I can tell you this. You know what? Who I do the work with matters more than anything. That's why I signed a blank sheet of paper. I had no idea what I was going to be doing here. I didn't know how much money I was going to make. I didn't know any of the anything. I knew nothing. And I signed on the dotted line and said, I'm coming to work with you because I believe in Angela and DJ and this army of people that I knew you were on that same mission. So my journey, I'm still writing that chapter. And I will add with this, I have been wanting you to write a book for as long as I remember. I've seen you speak for, I've known you, what, 15 years? I don't know. Yep. But I told you I'm writing one and I am, and I'm doing it, even if it's just for my kids. But I'll tell you this, DJ, you all have created something so incredible. And so I'm excited that my life story is still going. And here we are at this point. And who knows where we're going to go? Because we got a lot of living left to do. Yep. You've also got a husband and you've got a daughter and a son. Oh, I didn't go into any of that yet. Yeah, so, you forgot I'm sorry. all that too. Well, you still, okay. got, you still got one minute. So, okay, I got one minute. Well, obviously, my husband and I we met in college, and he's changed my life, and he has been my 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 life soulmate and been my biggest support and champion. We have two amazing kids. Uh, my son, uh, well, my daughter is a clinician at Nationwide Children's Hospital, and I am so proud of her and the work that she's doing to help young people uh, manage their eating disorder and overcoming um, basically mood and anxiety. And, you know, she is just game changing the world. And I tremendously love her husband. She's married to a wonderful young man. And my son is, uh, was a Marine for five years. And I am so proud of what he has done and his service to our country and his passion and purpose in life. He had served two tours of duty, one in Afghanistan. And I'm just so proud. He came home after five years and he's now came home safe, came yes. home safely. And he's now studying computers at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. And obviously, I'm super proud of my kids and I'm really excited to see about their futures as well. So cool. That was good. Yeah. I, I uh, actually, uh, Angela, and uh, I was coming up with questions and she's like, oh, this one's going to be fun. So this one might be a fun one to ask her as well at some point. So okay, yeah, that sounds great. All right. Are you ready for your next uh, one? Yeah, I'm ready. As you look into the future, what is something that makes you optimistic about the use of technology to help make our world a better place? <sighs> optimistic. Wow. It's, that would have been an easier question if you just said pessimist. I know. That's why I didn't say that. No, it would have been so much easier. <laughs> I know. That's why I didn't do it. Um, I think, I think there are, I mean, not to change your question. I do think there are a lot of reasons to be pessimistic, but I do think, you know, one of the things that, you know, and everybody else will know now that I'm saying it out loud is my past history with my father and cancer. And then just my relationship with here in Columbus with Pelotonia and the amazing technology that they're using. So I think when we originally, when I think people ask us the question as a software consultancy, when they say technology, they immediately think software. And I'm kind of taking that out of context now for, you know, the amount, the amazing technology and the research that they're doing in the field of cancer is mesmerizing to me. And the things that people would have not been able to recover from 10 years, 20 years ago now are non-issues. 
you know, some of the forms of cancer that people get are, oh, you just go in for a, a quick surgery, you have a little bit of, you know, medicine and treatment, and then your outlook is very, very high. Obviously, there's still some really terrible, terrible cancers out there, and that's obviously the reason we still fundraise and, and do all of that kind of stuff. But so I think that's probably my, I mean, there are a lot of op- opportunities for technology to be very positive, but I think that's one that all the research that they're doing that's making people's lives better. It's great. Cool. All right. Number four for you. If you could wake up tomorrow morning, having gained one superpower, what would it be? You can interpret superpower however you like. Okay. I would say it would bring, it would be to bring healing to other people. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. I have lots oh. of ideas of yeah. what I would think. Like, I'd like to be able to fly. You know, I'd like to be able to mind. You know, I'd like to be able to, but yeah. um, have, you know, obviously more wisdom. But I would say my true mission is I just want to help a lot of people yeah. feel live, live a better life and feel better. And so I would just say bring yeah. healing to other people. Yeah. I won't get into it, but when I heard the, I, I heard the word healing and I immediately went like, okay, what are all the permutations of healing and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't know where you were going to go with that. Yeah. I mean, that would be valuable. It would be very valuable. Yeah. All right. Are you um, ready for this one? Number four, I think, for me. This is, oh, yes. This is number four. So, obviously, there is some level of stress in managing and running and leading a business. From your perspective as a co-founder, how do you create balance or find moments of rest and renewal? And what advice do you have for others to do the same? Not very well. Um, wow. I think you're playing on my our recent conversations because that's been one of the things that I've been trying to do. I'm not notoriously great at checking out, at least not very frequently. I tend to check out in big blocks, not in smaller blocks. Anyone who knows me knows that I love to be outside. I love to ride my bicycle, my motorcycle, go fishing, all of those things. So I think, one, it's challenging because I do feel, you know, from an August 20 standpoint, we have people counting on me. It's if we're if we're not finding a new client or we're not not having, you know, an opportunity for people to to be on a project, then we're not really moving backwards. But, you know, we're always trying to move forward in the fact that we're a business as much as we like it or don't like it. It is a business of we have to make money in order to do what we do and pay people salaries and have benefits and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if we're not moving forward, so I, I tend to have a problem of continually thinking about that and how do we how do we make that better and how do we do things that are good for everyone and good for the business. And, you know, that's not always easy. And I sometimes have to force myself to think. But recently, I've been forcing myself to do more things outside or just going places with my wife to force myself to to stop thinking like that. Interestingly enough, I, as you know, I'm quite into fishing. Uh, I have fished every at least once a week, every week since last summer. So even, even when it's been 26 degrees, 19 degrees, 20 mile an hour wind. I've always, at least once a week, I've got out. That is a good way for me to kind of really check out and not think about work, but think about just being out in the moment and being in nature and crossing my fingers that I catch fish. So anyway. Awesome. And then what, what advice would you have then for others to do this? Oh, 
I missed that part of the question. I think one of the things that we do well, and Angela is much better than I am. So one of the things I think my recommendation would be just take time. So one of the things that we, and I'm once again, um, I think hypocrite is the word I would use here. That seems a little strong, but uh, we have this whole thing that we argue, you know, we, I think we give all of our employees have, we have, we have great benefits, but one of the big things we have is I think we have a lot of PTO and we do have a lot of vacation days or, or holidays. And so one of our big things is work-life balance. I want you to be 40 hours. I want you to go spend time with your kids. I want you to spend time with your significant others. Once again, there's the hypocrite that I'm not great about that because, you know, I'll be at two o'clock in the morning doing something, but it's, a, it's a, in my mind, it's different and I justify it. But so my recommendation is everything that's here today will be here tomorrow. There is no reason to work till midnight to solve a problem when you can just pick it up tomorrow. So it will be there. And um, well said. Yeah. All right. Great answer. Thank you. Okay. Your last question, which you're going to laugh about, at least I think you will, because um, unbeknownst to everyone else, you and I had lunch yesterday. Yes. And something came up in that lunch. <laughs> you probably know where I'm going to go here. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, it's funny. Um, and everyone who knows Mary personally knows that. This, <laughs> now I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, when I ask this, she everybody's brain is going to go to an immediate thing. And it's not that ever with Mary, but it's funny that, and I'm actually looking for maybe three or four answers, but my question to you is, what is your favorite F word? Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. My favorite F word. We had a big laugh about this is food. Of course. (laughs) Yep. 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 I am a foodie. Not that I'm great at cooking, but I, um, I, you know, as DJ mentioned earlier in our conversation, we both lost our fathers and now I have no parents left. My, both my parents are gone. And so I have more time on my hands as I was caring for him for many, many years. So I'm cooking a lot more, but I am a foodie. When I go to restaurants, I like to, I do like to try new things. Um, but one of my very, very favorite things to do, not at home, but really out is I love trying dessert and I really enjoy, um, trying different foods and different tastes. I'm not much into spice, but definitely food is my favorite F word. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was where I thought you were going to go. We also joked around with friends and fun and all yeah, those words. And, and so anyone who knows Mary will know why I asked that question. Cause yes. the, the word that everybody was, would expect people to say would never come out of Mary's mouth. But um, just so everybody knows that Mary is a connoisseur of bread pudding. Yes. So, we might at some point do a tour of the Columbus area and all of the best bread puddings, oh but yes. Yeah, so food, yes, that's where I was expecting. And um, and it's so funny because I never even tried bread pudding until working with a group of all of us way yeah. back in our prior life. And we were out on a client site and one of the guys said, you got to try this. And I was like, that looks disgusting. And he's like, just try it. <laughs> and I tried it. And now I curse him regularly, jokingly, because I love to have to have it. If I go somewhere I'm like, and they have bread pudding, I have to try it. It's so good. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, taint our, our, our pursuit of the top five bread puddings, but I will say as a shout out to one of our favorite eateries that Max pub on high street in Ohio has one of the best bread puddings that I've ever had. So if, oh. until we get the top five in, identified, you know, just go there and have that one and, and know it's, Love it. it will probably be in the top five. So Love it. Anyway. Okay. Are you, are you ready your for your last question? question? Yep. Yep. I'm ready. You know, I have been bugging you for a long, long time to write a book. So here's my question. If you were to write a book, 
what would it be the title? Oh, okay. I've got it. I've got the answer. Oh, okay. What is it? I actually have the answer. So as, as correct as you are, you have been harping. I, have. On... I told you I'd be your accountability partner. Yeah. You know what? Reviewer. I'm not sitting where I could show you, but I actually have my book laying here and I perpetually are making notes and kind of scratching into it. Nice. So I have been, as we've mentioned a couple times, lost our fathers. My father, we lost him very abruptly to renal cell cancer. And I have in this, in my mind, decided I needed to write a book about something to do with him. And so I have baked it down to a to basically a book title that I'm going to to use is called The Man I Never Knew. What that means, though, I knew my father very well. I had a great relationship with him. We were always doing things together. It was it wasn't like I didn't know him or he was an absentee father or anything like that. What I mean by the title is we forget. And I had some realization as myself having children I think our children have this perception of us as parents, as boring, as, you know, authoritarians, or they're always, we're telling them to not do something. You know, while, while I think, at least I hope most parents are encouraging to their, to their, to their children, we're the ones who tell them to not run out in front of the car or they can't go on this vacation with their friend because they've got other obligations. It's always that kind of relationship. But what we forget is that our parents were once us and they were also once teenagers and they were once 10 year olds and they yeah. were once toddlers. And so I'm quickly losing time, but you know, unfortunately my father, given his age, all of his high school friends. So he grew up in a small town in West Virginia and I know all of his high wow. school friends. And uh, unfortunately a lot of them have passed recently. And so I've been having conversations in passing about, you know, what was your favorite memory of my father or what it was something dumb that my dad did, or, you know, he was 12 and jumped his bicycle off the top of the barn or, you know, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my title of the book is the man I never knew, meaning that I only knew him from when the time I was born. So, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, we'll see if I ever get there. It's still a work in progress and it is a, uh, becoming a quickly a harder problem to solve because I'm I'm losing my resources but at the same time yeah you know, my mother can fill in some of that because she obviously knew me knew him before she knew me mm-hmm. but uh, I'm trying to go all the way back to you know his childhood friends and things like that so that's what I got fascinating I love it it's a cool. great title. It actually is is intriguing and kind of inspires me to think differently about how I view and how I think about people that I only knew a portion of their life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's and a fascinating what, So we'll, see. Fascinating we'll see, thing. How it, see how it turns out. I mean, that's... I love that. That's where we're at. So, all right. I think that was five questions apiece, right? It was. We did it. All right. Let me finish this thing up then. So, all right. There it is. Our inaugural episode. Episode one is in the books. Finished. Can't believe that we actually did it. It only took us a few months. We did. Climb the mountain, plant the flag, man. We're doing it. Exactly. I'd like to remind each of you that our website has lots of great information, not only about us, but also many other great articles on varied topics, and they're always growing, including some great case studies about many of our clients. Check us out at august20.com. Remember, that is august20 with one T in the middle, dot com. You can keep in touch by subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcasting service. If you have ideas for future episodes, please reach out and let us know. I want to say thank you to Mary, uh, my guest and co-host today. She will be back 
She is going to be co-hosting with me on each of these episodes. Uh, We will be back next week with episode two entitled, There is Always Something You Can Do Better. So we have a a guest that will be joining us to talk about that. So excited about that one. Uh, To each and every one that decided to listen to this episode, we cannot thank you enough for taking time to listen. Okay, Mary, will you read us out? I'll bring us home. Yes. So remember, the August 20 podcast is a resource for everyone. The website hosts many more stories and articles that contain endless topics, tactics, tips, and more. Find what you like through the top menu in the search page. Navigate by way of the categories and the tags, too. Be sure to check out the August 20 YouTube channel featuring mostly our fun events and activities. Also, please check us out on LinkedIn and all the social media platforms. Thank you for listening to the August 20 podcast. Please give this show a five-star rating on your preferred podcasting service and leave us a comment if you're so inclined. It really does help. Until the next episode, have fun, enjoy the day, and build valuable things. This podcast was created, produced, and recorded by August 20, copyright 2023. All righty then. That was it. Let me Fantastic. <laughs> wow. Huh. Roll. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Yep.